Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Gianta. Over there to my actual right is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing well. Feels like we had quite a lot happen over the last few days. The Both wild card pictures have really changed a lot. Uh, like there's only one out of the four wild. There, I mean, really, there's no certain wild card teams. Like there's no team that we're like, yeah. oh, they're playing in the wild card game for sure. Yeah, and you, and there's no certain like grouping of uh, wild card teams either. Like two weeks ago, you know, when you're talking about the NL wild card race, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, Reds Padres, it's gonna be a battle. Yeah. <laughs> and now the Cardinals are in sole possession of that spot. Yeah, the Cardinals were. I mean. Tell me if you've heard this before, but the Cardinals were basically left for dead in the month of August, right? And they've come storming back to reclaim—not not to reclaim, but to claim the NL wild card spot for right now. Um, they, I believe they lead it by one game. They've won their last, I think, like five. Yeah, they've they've won seven out of eight as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's weird because you know the Cardinals have been doing well over the past like week, but I think it's also the you know, in you know the uh, lack of good performance on both sides of the both of the other sides of the uh, wild card race with the Padres and Reds not doing well. Padres, we know why because they're facing a very tough schedule. Yeah, Reds are just you know they they're they're not facing the best of competition, but they're they're performing very very badly. So August sixth was the day that the Cardinals started turning it around. Uh, since August sixth, they are uh, twenty three and fourteen. Mm-hmm. Which is excellent, and at the same time, uh, the Reds are seventeen and twenty. The Padres are thirteen and twenty-two. It's it's kind of just been a matter of they've been playing well, while at the same time everyone else is playing poorly. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I would totally agree with that. Um, and yeah, the Reds have, or the the Cardinals have been yeah steadily just being a little better. Paul Goldschmidt, by the way, you know one of the one of the better hitters of the past month. Uh, and he's coming coming right for that 880 OPS. <laughs> I hope he hits it on the dot this year. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, definitely a, a good part of the show when, when Goldschmidt's going for that 880. But, uh, but yeah, it, I think it's it's definitely been a combination. I actually have – I think I have a couple of stats. Let's facilitate the stats. Uh, you know, and when I mean a couple, I really mean just, just maybe two. Uh, if, as I fine. pull it up here, so yeah, Cardinals won seven, seven out of eight uh, in their past eight games. They have a two four three ERA. Uh, what also should be noted is they have a four oh nine FIP. So there's a big, there's a solid difference there. Um, so you know, I mean, uh, one of the specifics was I think in this eight game span, John Lester's made two starts. He has an ERA under three, but like a six seven FIP. So you know, it's it's funny. Uh, I you know. Pitching wise, I don't know. Uh, a two four three ERA is just hard to sustain in general, but especially with the FIP, it is uh, 
it might be difficult. And the Reds, on the flip side, you know, I, I mentioned it to you before the show. They've uh, with the Pirates, with you know, they've already lost their series to the Pirates. We're recording as they're playing currently, so uh, apologies if you know stats on them have been are, are a little outdated. As you know, they're playing a twelve thirty game, but in their last twenty games, and uh, yeah, they've they've they lost the series against the Pirates. That makes it. Uh, seven in a row that they've lost. And in their last 20 games, heading into Thursday, their team-weighted runs created plus ranked 28th. They had a 75-weighted runs created plus. Team-weighted runs created plus uh, in their last 20 games. They've gone 6-14 and 14 in those games uh, as the <laughs> as the podcast, as the uh, Springfield Radio Studio just keeps giving us great surprises. <laughs> so, I, I'm sitting in this chair that the arms on it, like, they go up and down. You can adjust them wherever. So I went to pull this thing up, and it just popped out. Uh, I am now holding in both my hands. You can't see this, but I'm holding the, the arm of my chair just in my hands yeah. while I don't have one to my right. Uh, anyway, the Cardinals, it's interesting because they have the – so since August 6th, they have the third highest offensive wins above replacement. F4 at least, offensive F4, position player F4, whatever you want to call it. But they only have a 110 weighted runs created plus, which is not great. So my initial thought was there's got, they got to be doing a lot of work in high leverage situations. So with that being said, uh, since August 6th, the Cardinals are slashing 280, 352, 437 for a 789 OPS and also 110 weighted runs created plus with runners in scoring position. Uh, that 280 batting average ranks fifth in the majors, third in the National League. All right, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I wonder if um if their if their base running is doing particularly well in the span also. I can check that. Cuz that's like the second place I would go mm-hmm. uh with that, but I mean, I'm trying to think of the players on, in that on that team. Like Tommy Edmond is the only one that strikes me or I mean Tommy Edmond, maybe Harrison Bader uh on the bases could be an issue, but I'm trying to think like uh, I mean, like anyone can be a good base runner. Like BSR doesn't discriminate against slow, slower players. It's about being smart and like making right. the right, you know, right. stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, it's not. It's obviously not always measured in stolen bases. Um, mm-hmm. pretty yeah. Pretty. I mean, stolen bases are just very obsolete because they just don't really happen anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals now are in sole possession of that wild card spot and it makes me wonder what their strength of schedule is is it does uh their bsr in this span is 2.4 which is eighth in the majors okay interesting so they're just kind of putting it all together they're having good pitching good offense not having to overpower teams but just you know i mean they've Mm -hmm. just been particularly good at like scoring more runs than the other team (laughs) you have to wonder is like is making your pitching rotation a retirement home like the new meta in baseball (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like two years from now, every, every yeah. <laughs> so many guys are gonna come out of retirement soon. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have uh, yeah, CC's coming back. He's going to St. Louis. Uh, who? Wow. Who are some other recently retired? Rich, yeah, Rich, Rich Hill, Hill's most valuable player on the market. Yeah, Rich Hill, for sure. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna make thirty five million dollars. <laughs> Breaking news, the Oakland A's have signed Jared Weaver to a one-year, $1 million deal. He will be their opening day starter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird how we looked at the Cardinals like after the trade deadline. It was like, all right, well, they're kind of out on that. 
on, yeah. out on this year. And we were like, well, this team isn't trying anything. <laughs> um, Paul Goldschmidt, since August 6th, he's hitting, he's slashing 343, 428, 642, which is pretty excellent. That gives him a 1070 OPS, 184 weighted runs created plus. Uh, Edmundo Sosa, who's had such a weird streaky year since August 6th, 341, 408, 541, 949 for a 156 weighted runs created plus. And then also Tyler O'Neill, 293, 376, 569, 945 for a 153 weighted runs created plus. Those have been the three uh, biggest contributors on offense for the Cardinals. Also, just shout out to Lars Newtbar for being named Lars Newtbar as well. I think yeah. that's, that really helps the team a lot. Yeah, and uh, definitely an improvement for the name Lars Yep. as uh, the Red Sox. As, yeah, as you know, a reputation of baseball players. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm looking at strength of schedule. So strength of schedule wise, the Cardinals have the fifth hardest schedule. Um, so that's something to consider. They have a three game set against San Diego, which will tell us a lot. Uh, I think that's uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, and then fortunately for them, they have seven against the Cubs who are, you know, kind of a dead team right now, but also, they have seven against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so, you know, hope maybe they're hoping that the Brewers are kind of foot off the gas pedal now that the – the I mean, the division is pretty much the Brewers. I, I believe the Brewers' matching number is five. By the way, Daniel Curran has been activated off the IL. Yeah, <laughs> he's back. He's back with us. And we've been writing the, the uh, narrative of, you know, Reds have, the, the you know, one of the easiest schedules. Still, at this point in the season, the Reds have uh, – have the third easiest schedule uh, riding out, and the Cardinals have the uh, fifth hardest, and the Padres obviously have the hardest, as they just are, uh, I mean, they have a journey. They have a journey to try and get that wild card spot. With if the Padres somehow get there, they've earned it. They definitely have. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, I know that they've been very disappointing this year, but, I mean, a lot of people would count them out, seeing their current position and their remaining schedule. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, mentally that's kind of where I'm at is like it would be it would be extremely surprising if they were able to pull this off somehow. Um I mean I think a point that should be made is also, you know, Cardinals have been doing well, twenty three and fourteen over the last uh thirty seven games is uh is is very good. But it's not like they're kind of storming out of the gates. I think it's more of a story on the disappointing the disappointment of the Reds and the Padres. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, but I mean, you gotta like they are. You gotta give them credit for the way they've played recently. Like Adam Wainwright has obviously uh, been leading that rotation like it's 2014 again. Uh, over his last eight starts, he is seven and one with a 140 ERA, also a 252 uh, FIP. But you know, like let's not forget, you know. It's, FIP isn't a very fair stat to evaluate Adam Wainwright right. by, by, just by nature of he's not going to strike out guys. Yeah. But he also has a 1.72 walks per nine and a, and a .16 home runs per nine. Right, exactly. That probably means he's given up like one or two home runs over the last eight starts. That's crazy. That is that is crazy. And uh, it's I was actually thinking about this before. How funny is it that 10 years ago, none of this would matter? Yep. The Do- the Dodgers would the Dodgers slash Giants would have this wrapped up. They probably yeah. I think at this point they would have like one of those uh, things locked up for sure. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, 
the 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 NL wild card game is going to be weird, especially if the if the road team wins. It's going to be <laughs> the only so thing. Weird. The only thing we know about the any of the wild card games is that the NL game will be hosted in either San Francisco or Los Angeles. Yes, that's the one thing we can guarantee. Because yes. both teams have clinched playoff spots. True. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's just it's just funny how that uh, how that all panned out. How that works. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, if yeah, if if somehow the Cardinals come in and beat the Dodgers, and then we're stuck with the Giants Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, like, listen, NLDS. if the Cardinals if the Cardinals win the wild card game, they can probably beat any team in the playoffs. Yeah, pre- pretty much. Doesn't I mean, matter if it's the Dodgers or the Giants. You win a game, oh, do or die game facing either Max Serger or Kevin Gosman. Like, you can beat any team. Pretty yeah, you know what that that is true. That is true. It, they definitely would have earned their way. In. All right. So, do we want to get into uh, how the AL is has uh, shaped up in the past few days? Let's do that. But also, one like last point I have on the Cardinals. Don't forget, this is the ten year anniversary of twenty eleven. That's true. That's true. You make a good point there. Yeah. Check out uh, part two, episode eighty two, for more details on that. But uh, AL wild card. I mean, what do, what do you want to uh, get out about it? I feel like we should be closer. We're getting closer and closer every day to guaranteeing it'll be two AL East teams. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Yankees, all three of them are within. uh, They're all tied, actually. They all have. I mean, the Blue Jays and Yankees have the same record. The Red Sox have played two more games, so they have one more win and loss. But uh, yeah, they're all tied right now. So that's obviously really exciting. Uh, Those are all three. Like all three of them are really good teams who deserve to be in the playoffs in some way. Yeah, uh, I would I would agree for sure. Um, I think uh, I think they all have three different, three very different stories as well. The Yankees are kind of the the team that's consistently been there over the past few years in terms of going to the playoffs. You know, coming into this year, they've made the playoffs four years in a row, and uh, they were division favorites to start the year. Then you have Toronto; they have a young. Very exciting, very offensive, heavy team. And then you have the Red Sox, who were kind of the the surprise team, a team that, you know, t- people didn't really expect to be there, but have uh, th- have had their own interesting path to get there. So it's, it's pretty interesting, to, the stories of uh, each of those th- three teams coming in. So Toronto just, you know, they had a series against Tampa Bay and did pretty well, t- took two out of three. They did. Uh, which is uh, which was very very important for them. Yeah, they've been. I mean, let me check what day they really started turning it on. Um, do you have any numbers on them? No, I don't. I don't really have any uh okay. numbers particularly on the Blue Jays. Uh, but I mean, just looking at the series, you know, you just have guys stepping up. Yeah, uh, you know, first game of the series on Monday, Alec Manoa, eight, eight innings, one hit, no walks, ten strikeouts. Uh, I mean, that's one of the. That's, you couldn't ask for anything better from a from a guy like that. And, and that's the, your five starter. Yeah, and the and the Blue Jays uh, ended up scoring eight runs that game, so you know that was an easy win. Then they lost on Tuesday, and then yesterday, uh, Robbie Ray, who is looking to be more and more like a Cy Young favorite, uh, goes out and you know has a very similar performance: seven innings, four hits, one earned run, thirteen strikeouts. 
Would you like to guess the Blue Jays team weighted runs created plus uh, since August 28th, which is the date where this all started? August 28th. Uh, so that's about two or two and a half weeks. Uh, I'm going to say 132. Higher. Uh, 139. Higher. Uh, 146. Higher. All right. Uh, 158. A little lower. Okay. 156. Lower. 154. It's 151. It's 151. Still. They've been half half better than the average. Yeah. They've been average and a half. It, yeah, they have. <laughs> 299, 378, 557 team slash line over, a, over that span. That is hilarious. Yeah, it, it is hilarious. I mean, uh, you know... They've they've definitely done their job. You know, even if you face the Orioles a certain amount of time, that's still ridiculous. They scored 44 one, runs in three games against the Orioles. Like, the fa- like doesn't matter who you're scoring uh, 44 runs against in three games. Like, you, that you can't take that away. Uh, Vlad Jr. and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. both have a 200 weighted runs created plus in this span. Marcus Simeon also has a 161. Teoscar Hernandez has a 183. Bo Bichette has a 173. Danny Jansen has come back from the dead with a 303. Alejandro Kirk with a 141. Breivik Valera with a 134. And all those guys have played in at least eight games. Yeah, that's, uh, that is something. And yeah, Marcus Simeon is, uh, carrying the load as well. I, I, you know, remember he was hitting a lot of home runs to start the month of September. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, their their offense is something else, and yeah, I mean, I think the difference between where we had them at before the season and where we have them at now is they actually have a very reliable rotation now. I feel like out of the three, this is like the Blue Jays might be the biggest. Like they have the best chance of being in that wild card game. Like uh, I feel like they're the best team on paper, and I feel like if you if if you had those three teams, you had to pick one of them. Like life on the line, you got to pick one of them and go to the wild card game. Would you pick Toronto? Because I would. Um, it's, it's hard to deny them after the Tampa Bay series, but, um, I, I've seen them, you know, they did have, uh, I remember after the Red Sox series, when they, they seemed to have all the momentum, they kind of had a little bit of a cold stretch. So I, I, they did, but I mean, this is more momentum than they've ever had probably since like 2016. Right. Where they're at right now. Right. Right. Um, I still say uh, I'm still saying Red Sox okay. because of strength of schedule mostly right. because they face the Orioles uh, six times. Yeah. Six times helps them out. And the and, Nationals and three they, times. And the Red Sox don't have to face the Rays at all. Or the Blue Jays. They just have to face the Yankees three times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's not an insult on the Blue Jays, obviously. It's just um, who, who the Red Sox have to face. And maybe me being a little bit of an optimist. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they've just been a weird team in the second half. Um, all right. Uh, any, anything more on the uh, AL wild card? Yeah, I want to get a couple pitching numbers on the Blue Jays. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, I have some. Obviously, I gave you the, the hitting numbers. There might be a how about that for Alec Manoa's performance. Because, I mean, what career start was that? Like, I don't even know. Probably like 15 or so. Yeah, I'm going to... They have the third highest pitching F4 in the majors since August 28th, highest in the American League. They're literally only behind the Dodgers and Giants. Nice, nice. That's that's pretty cool. 10.08 strikeouts per nine. 
they have given up a lot of home runs, though. Uh, 1.4 home runs per nine. That is, uh, I mean, that's out of place with all the other good teams since then, as far as rotations. Right, right. So Alec Manoa's uh, performance on Monday was the sixth uh, sixth performance in uh, baseball history by a pitcher in their first 17 career games with eight plus innings, no walks allowed, one one hitter less allowed, and 10 plus strikeouts. So one of six. It's not going to how about that button, but uh, it was very impressive. Who was the other five? Um, so I, so yeah. can I, can I guess one? Uh, yeah. Steven Strasburg. No, I think no. he went seven. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Or maybe he allowed more than one hit. <laughs> maybe. Uh, one of them, one of them, you might be mad that you didn't get. What, what year? Um, 98. Oh, uh, oh, um, El Duque. No. No. Uh, Kevin, not Kevin Brown. Um, Oh, Kerry Wood. Yep. Yeah, yep. Kerry Wood has to be one of them. It was his fifth career start. Yeah. <laughs> where he ha- he re- he went nine one hit innings with twenty strikeouts. Yeah, obviously. And then uh, <laughs> probably someone who will be drafted in our next episode, Kevin Millwood, <laughs> had one of those performances. Shelby Miller, uh, Matt Harvey, Chris Heston. Chris Heston. Chris Heston. No hitter thrower. Of the yeah only no, only no hitter thrower in the group, I believe. Um, seems like yep, seems like it. Correct. For sure. So, yeah, Alec Mano, you know, had a pretty historical performance on uh, on Monday, and then Robbie Ray uh, was right up there with him on Wednesday. So, I mean, that rotation looks to be in, in good hands. I don't even know, like, I don't even know if Ryu, like, makes that playoff, playoff rotation. rotation. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, what, it's Ray game one. It's Ray in the wild card game. And then it's Steven Burrito. Matz game one, Barrios game two. Or, yeah, those can be interchangeable. Yeah. And then Ray game three, yeah. He might be. He might be the four starter. Yeah. It. It. It might. Yeah. It might very well be. That de- might depending be on like how many how many rust days they have. Yeah. Uh, I should look at Hyunjin Ryu's current stats. Or do they put? Or do they put Manoa Manoa in there instead? Right. Yeah. Manoa has a three three nine ERA. I. I don't know what his uh, expected statistics are, but Ryu's got a four one one this year, uh, and a three eight two FIP. So. Uh yeah, I mean Ryu might might be pitching like out of the bullpen in the uh in in the playoffs if they if they make it there. So <clears throat> yeah, the Blue Jays uh you know continue to be fascinating uh as they just beat the Rays in a uh t- in a uh, three-game series. Uh pretty pretty cool stuff. Anything is Oh yeah, uh before we get to players to highlight uh, someone who had a pretty significant place in baseball in the early 2010s, just retired. Uh, he was, you know, 2007 Rookie of the Year, 2011 uh, NL MVP, and came close to winning MVP again in 2012. Uh, Ryan Braun uh, just retired from baseball. Uh, what? How old is? He? How old was he? Probably like 30. 536 that'd be my guess around there and it's it's interesting because you know in the uh nl central preview we were saying like the brewers have lost ryan braun but he's probably going to sign back there at some point and it just never happened it just didn't uh he finished his, his career with a 
Slash line of 296, 358, 532, 891. That's pretty good. Uh, B-War of 47.1, so uh, depending on fan graphs, it does not look like he will make my line of consideration for the Hall of Fame, which he, he wouldn't make it anyway, because right. we all know why. Um, he is a very... Jay Jaff wrote about this, but he has a very complicated legacy, because yeah. he was very, very unique in the steroid guys with the lengths he went to to try to... to, try to um, exonerate himself i don't know if you saw but i believe there was a story from like 2013 on how uh he tried to like he said that like um the person who like took his test was like a cubs fan and he was like so ryan Braun's jewish and he said he was anti-semitic oh wow yeah like that's i mean that is messed up Mm-hmm. Like I think that not a lot of people. I, I'll I'll try to find the story because I believe it was on ESPN. Right. Yeah. I mean he's he's got to be one of the. Um, yeah. He's. Yeah. Very complicated legacy. I mean, there's probably some. How about that's you could have about his career, even even though we know it's a okay. little tainted. Uh, but you know he had two consecutive thirty thirty seasons. I don't know if. Like I don't know how many other players have had two consecutive back-to-back, uh, thirty-thirty seasons. You can't really find consecutive seasons on uh on Stathead, but that would be pretty interesting yeah, to see. Had, that's true. He had thirty-four, thirty-seven, thirty-two, twenty-five, and thirty-three in each of his first five seasons, and then forty-one in his sixth season. Um, this is from SI. Uh, two independent reports portray Ryan Braun taking extreme means to get to get fellow Major League Baseball players on his side in baseball's first attempt to suspend him, including accusing a urine collector of being an anti-Semitic Cubs fan. Braun, who is Jewish, recently accepted a 65-game suspension in an agreement under the drug testing agreement. Braun failed his first MLB drug test in the spring of 2012, but won an appeal of MLB's 50-game suspension due to a chain of custody error and faulty protocol in the drug testing program. So that's, you know, that's the, that's the bad part of it. That's obviously not something that, you know, people should, you know, like that is something that people are going to think about when they think of Ryan Braun, whether they like it or not, because that is, you know, that's not something you should be doing. Right. But, um, you know, on the field, he was obviously terrific. He had one of the better starts to a career in recent history, one rookie of the year, one MVP, uh, hit a home run to clinch the division for his team. Mm-hmm. Walk-off home run, I believe it was, or, like, at least eighth inning or something. Yeah, and even, like, post-steroids, he's he's still put up very good numbers. He, yep. He had 278 with an 833 OPS post-steroids, and that's also including, like, you know, age factor. You know, he uh, that was from age 29 to 36. Usually things slow down, and it kind of did, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, for Braun, but, you know, having an 833 OPS from age 29 to 36, I mean, yeah, he... I think I think post steroid Ryan Braun was was pretty underrated. I mean, he was uh, like 2015. He had a he had a 2020 season, almost a 20 uh, almost a 25 25 season. Um, it's just that the Brewers weren't really relevant until uh, you know the later uh, the later 20 teens. Exactly. Um, I have. Oh, actually, hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going on this how about that because this seems really i want to see how deep i can get yeah with this i mean yeah ryan's Braun, ryan Braun had a a very interesting career wow because of 
some greatness uh, early on. Ryan Braun and Daryl Strawberry are the only players in Major League history to have 25 home runs and 10 stolen bases in each of their first six Major League seasons. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'll get I'll get the button out for that one. Uh, it's deserving. Ryan Braun. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was someone that, that kind of shaped the early 2010s. Like, you could have argued he was the best player in baseball at the time. And then, you know, the reports come out and, uh, you know, obviously drug tests come out and uh, say, you know, he's not not exactly the player you thought he was, um, which, but you know which what? kind we, of stinks. We believe in second chances, though. And you know what? He kind of, you know, he had that up. He, he apologized on a public stage and he kind of just kept going with with his career and still put up exceptional numbers. I think his uh, last year he had a 101 OPS plus, which was the worst he had in his career. So even at his very worst, he was league average. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Post steroid Ryan Braun, we both agree. Pretty underrated. I mean, 2015, 854 OPS, 24 stolen bases. Uh, 2016, 903 OPS and 16 stolen bases. And, yeah, he he was active on the base paths. And uh, I, I wonder, I wonder like, what the, what the issue was where he wasn't getting signed. Because, I mean, who wouldn't want, you know, a, especially in the National League this year, who wouldn't want a guy that can – uh, have like a 100 OPS plus weighted runs creative plus or whatever, like on their mm-hmm. bench to yep. maybe pinch hit where the, when there's a lefty on the mound, especially in today's game where there's uh three batter minimums. I mean, it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird how it all ended for him. Yeah, it is. But nonetheless, you know, all good things must come to an end. And uh, that is, that has happened for Ryan Braun. Right. Right. Um, luckily he was able to, uh, to make some money in the league uh and uh get his uh get his some some awards actually it is it's wild to see his baseball reference page too because he had he had mvp votes in each of the first six seasons of his career uh which Mm -hmm. is pretty crazy you know he wasn't like top five every year like trout but he was top three three of those times he was on a very good track record but (laughs) we we kind of know why i'd say like there's no wrong way to look at Ryan Braun like if you remember him for the steroid test and for everything he did you're right for that and if you remember him as a really good baseball player with a great prime you're right for that too yeah that's a that's a very good way of putting it mm-hmm. yeah I, I would have to you're agree not with that. you can't you can't be wrong on whichever side of the of the career you want to look at yeah because exactly. yes it is true that he took steroids and acted very poorly about it but yes it is also true that with or without steroids, uh, he had a very strong 14-year career with the same team. Yeah, yeah, very, uh, very much so. Yeah, it's it's pretty undeniable. Um, all right, so I guess that leads into players to highlight, or players or subjects to highlight for good and bad reasons. We'll start with the good reasons for our Thursday, September 16, 2021 edition of so who do you got for us today Uh, my how about that is someone who i feel like a lot of people would be surprised to learn that this guy is still only 24 years old kyle tucker 
yeah. of the Astros. Over his last, I believe, 10 games since September 3rd, he is slashing 463, 542, 927. That's a slugging percentage of 927 <laughs> for a 1468 OPS. Uh, his 291 weighted runs created plus is nearly 40 points higher than the next best hitter over that time. And during this stretch, his strikeout rate is half of what it has been all year, and his walk rate is nearly double what it has been all year. So he's been changing everything up for the better. Uh, this is also, this makes me laugh. He is second in the American League in in ISO while also having a 463 batting average. Yeah, that's tough to do. That's very extremely difficult to do. Uh, 51.1% of his batted balls have been hard hit. That is very good. And overall this year, uh, he's been very good outside of this stretch. He's 87th percentile in exophilo, 87th percentile hard hit rate, 96th percentile ex-woba, 99th percentile expected batting average, 97th percentile ex-slugging, 80th percentile in barrel rate, 82nd percentile in K rate, 78th percentile in whiff rate, and 86th percentile in outs above average. So he's doing just about everything well this season, and he's been particularly great over the last uh, 10 or so games. Uh, yeah, Kyle Tucker. Uh, how many games is that? 10? I think 10. Um, Maybe 12? So, yeah. And you mentioned last episode, anytime, anytime someone gets over the Bonzo 4 mark in a 10-game stretch, it's we're not we're going to try not to ignore it. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, a very, very high unless profile. Unless it's like Juan Soto. Yeah, yeah unless it's, it's like, a oh. very high-profile high, high guy. Uh, my how about that uh, is a little more high-profile, but he's not, you know, he's not like a crazy star and uh he came up in the all-star voting um people people were calling it a, a very controversial moment in above replacement radio history uh yasmani grandal uh since coming back from injury he is hitting 412 with a 1347 ops in 15 games this uh started with a game where he went four for six with two home runs and a double and eight rbi and that particular game where he uh, came off the IL was the third game by a catcher in baseball history with two plus home runs, one plus double and eight plus RBI. So he was, he had a historic game to come back. Uh, in this 15 game span, he ranks third in average, second on base percentage, second in slugging first in OPS and second in F war. And lastly in this span, his hard hit rate is 61.3%. League average is about 35%, and he is up in the 60s. And his barrel rate also is 18.2%. That is also more than double league average. So Yasmani Grandal, uh, I mean, coming coming back at the right time, getting ready for the playoffs, and, man, he's killing it. So he is getting A. You know, I understand you didn't want to vote him into the into the the All Star game, but at least the guy you did vote for isn't someone you later asked if we could have a segment just to slander him. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. For sure. Well, you know, I can get if a player's good enough to make an all-star team, but not having the greatest offensive catcher season, not having the greatest offensive catcher season ever. Right. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. For I can sure. understand if if we're doing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I still stand by everything I said in that episode. Um That's unfortunate. I I st- I still stand by it. I didn't I didn't I never said Salvador Perez overall was better than Grandal. I just said you just said he deserved to be in the All-Star game because he was a better player so far, right? Yeah. Better better player so far in 2021 because he played 19 more games. He had similar 
Offensive and they had the production. yeah, and they had the same wins above replacement on Fangraphs. Yeah, well, I with nineteen less games. Yeah, but I with Yasmani's framing wasn't even that good on on Statcast, so I I didn't I didn't give in to the, didn't give into it. He had the second lowest BABIP in the league. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, don't, I don't really care. You know, it's just the results on the field that I really care about. Clearly. Um. All right, now we go from the highs to the lows, where we're talking players and subjects that have been underperforming. Uh, for our Thursday, September 16th, 2021 edition of... Slightly Alarming. So, who do you got for us today? So, today on Slightly Alarming, I'm changing it up a little bit, doing something we haven't really done before. Uh, I'm talking about a San Diego Padre, Trent Grisham. <laughs> who, I mean, we've done a lot of Padres this year, but if anyone is deserving of a Slightly Alarming, it would be this right here. Over his last nine games, Trent Grisham is slashing 057, 081, 086 for a 167 OPS. Uh, I don't even need to. I don't even need to tell you that all of those are last in the majors. That's that's kind of just obvious. His weighted runs created plus is negative 56, and he's qualifying too. Negative 56 weighted runs created plus over nine games. That is by far the worst in the league. And also his 077 WOBA is the only among qualifiers that is below 135. Uh, just for some context, the league-wide slash line for pitchers during this time frame is 127, 173, 168, 340. So in this time, if you were to bring a pitcher to the plate, he would be twice as likely to be productive as Trent Grisham. <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. That is, uh, this is also the only nine-game stretch in Padres history Minimum 30 plate appearances with a batting average below 060, an OBP below 085, a slugging percentage below 090, and 14 plus strikeouts. So you can make the case that what we've seen from Trent Grisham is the worst offensive nine-game stretch a Padres position player has ever had. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Slightly alarming. They've been around for 53 years now. Yes. Uh, yeah. Shout out to... But I believe he is having another 10-10 season, which is, well, which that's is big. very, very um, big. One thing I will say, he had a 081 uh, OBP compared to a 157 batting average. One hit by pitch and two reach on errors. He has not walked a single time. <laughs> so, like, he actually should be worse. Yeah, or, well... Let's say those wait. errors get converted. No, er- errors don't count for on-base percentage. Okay, then it's the hit by pitch. Then. Yeah, so it's only the hit by pitch. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So yeah, he hasn't even walked. Uh yeah, he has not walked. He has one extra base hit, which was a double. Right, right. Yeah, that's tough. Tough for my twenty twenty one uh Padres player to watch. Um my slightly alarming is a freeze over, but at least it is my how about that that I'm freezing <laughs> over this time. It is Dansby Swanson, who had a pretty quick turnaround. Himself, he in his last 17 games, he is hitting 137 with a 442 OPS. Out of 165 qualifiers in the span, he ranks 163rd in average, 159th in on-base percentage, 164th in slugging, second worst, and 163rd in OPS, which is uh, third worst. And before this span, his average exit velocity was 89.6 miles per hour, and his hard hit rate was 45%. Uh, which is, you know, pretty nice. But in this span, his average ex- exit velocity is 84.6 miles per hour, down 5 miles per hour, and his hard hit rate is 
26%, which is down 19%. So Dansby Swanson getting a slightly alarming and also a freeze over. Um, all right, so now we get into uh, a preview of the weekend ahead. I think we've got some solid baseball coming up as the races are ever so tightening. Uh, currently, it is Reds. Reds are up one nothing on the Pirates in the bottom of the ninth uh, with no outs and an 0-2 count. All right, oh, so three. all right, one down, one down in the Reds yeah. game. Um, so. This upcoming weekend, we have uh, Friday. We have we, that starts a Reds Dodgers series, um, pretty big for both teams. Obviously, as the Dodgers are, are in the uh, dead heat of an NL West race, and the Reds are in the dead heat of an NL Wild Card race. So, you know, both teams are going to be uh, working hard to get that series, uh, and that'll be hosted at. Great American Ballpark. And then, uh, yeah, these series to watch would be Cardinals-Padres. It's uh, also a playoff rematch from last year. It's going to be a three-game series between uh, two teams that are fighting for that uh, National League wildcard spot. I should see how far away they are currently at the moment. Yeah, they're one game apart at the moment. So Padres-Cardinals would be the series the premier series to watch uh, this upcoming weekend. What do you got for day-by-day matchups? So not a ton going on uh, today. Obviously, a lot of games have already started. Uh, Kyle Hendricks is pitching for the Cubs against the Phillies. Uh, Framber Valdez is going for the Astros against the Rangers. Matchup of the night, I guess, comes from uh, Padres, Dodge, or Padres Giants, which kicks off in about 15 minutes. Pierce Johnson versus Kevin Gosman. So, uh, I mean, I guess it's not really worth looking out for if you already know when it's coming. Uh, it's going to be over by the time this is out. But anyway, yeah. on Friday, uh, Zach Plezak will be going for the Indians, which means they're going to get no hit. Uh, yeah. But the cool thing is that they're going to get no hit by Corey Kluber. Oh, wow. So he's going to have two no-hitters in the same year. Right, and, he's gonna, and it's his first time facing his old team, yeah. uh, which is cool. Uh, you have Kyle Freeland going for the Rockies against the Nationals. He'll be going up against Josiah Gray, uh, which, you know, his numbers don't speak very well this year, but he's been – better than you think i promise casey mize will be going for the tigers against the rays zach wheeler and taiwan walker will be facing each other in philly's mets that's a big series in new york um adrian hauser will pitch for the brewers against the cubs you have chris flexen pitching for the mariners against the royals in kansas city you have logan webb going for the giants against the brave in san fran and matchup of the night comes from dodgers at reds walker Bueller versus luis castillo yeah, that's yeah, that's a good one. Easy one. So going into Saturday, you also have uh, Max Serger and Sonny Gray facing each other. Going back to, of course, uh, Dodgers and Reds. You have, um, let's see, what do you have? You have Lance Lynn going for. Ooh, this is the this is the weekend of reunions. Lance Lynn going for the White Sox against the Rangers. All right. In Texas. Yeah. So he'll be returning there. Um, you have. Yusei Kikuchi going for the Mariners against the Royals. Aaron Nola and Carlos Carrasco uh, facing each other in um, Phillies and Mets. And then you have uh, Bailey Ober and Steven Matz facing each other in Twins Blue Blue Jays. Bailey Ober, for those of you who don't know, pitching very well recently. 
and Steven Matz was a how about that. James Caprillion and, and Jose Suarez will face each other in athletics and angels. Those are two very different trending pitchers with Suarez on the up and up and Caprillion struggling a bit. Matchup of the night comes from Padres Cardinals, Yu Darvish versus Adam Wainwright. Uh, two completely different types of pitchers who are still both very good. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, uh, let's see. What do we got on Sunday? We got Anthony DiSclefani pitching for the Giants against the Braves. Lucas Giolito pitching for the White Sox against the Rangers. Um, Eric Lauer pitching for the Brewers against the Cubs. He's been pitching well lately. Sandy Alcantara going for the Marlins against the Pirates. Willie Peralta going for the Tigers against the Rays. And... John Gray going for the Rockies against the Nationals. You also have uh, Kyle Gibson and, and Rich Hill facing each other on Sunday Night Baseball. And matchup of the night once again comes from Dodgers-Reds, even though it's matchup of the day. Clayton Kershaw versus Wade Miley. Ah. A couple of left-handers. I liked uh, I liked Gibson versus Hill for the don't throw over 91 matchup. Yeah. Well, Gibson. Uh, well, I mean, I think, yeah, Gibson, to his credit, gets it up there a little more. He can throw 91. He Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not he's not going to kill you with his velocity, but you know, I mean, he's 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 above the don't throw it above ninety one. Right. Yeah. But he, you know, pitch two pitch to contact guys for sure. Uh, I just want to see exactly what his average fastball velocity is. I would say ninety one point seven. He's a sinker ball pitcher, but it's ninety two point three. Okay. Yeah. All right. He throws his four seam fastball all of thirteen uh, percent of the time. So. So no disrespect to Kyle Gibson. Yeah. Um, should we should we talk about like what our uh, next episode is going to be? We've kind of already talked about it on the show, but yeah, um, yeah, why not? I mean, uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna we're doing, you know, early 2010s irrelevant draft. We're so. doing. I'm, we're calling it the I haven't heard that name in years draft. Yeah, and if you don't know the vibe, you're gonna get it pre- pretty quickly once these picks start rolling mm-hmm. in. That's all we can say because we don't even want to say names because we don't want to get ideas into other people's heads yeah. uh, because Which it, we've already done that a ton. Uh, yeah. Can we say, I guess we'll save it for next time, how the draft idea came about. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll preface it when, uh, when Nico's bat, Nico and uh, Bono are here. Cause and they Rob. were, they were in the, they were in the car and then Rob was eventually called in and just started dropping some bangers for, yeah. for irrelevant 2010s players. It's going to be such a fun draft. I'll, I'll say this because nobody's draft board is going to look the same. Yeah, like whoever goes number one overall might not be even be on my draft board or Chris's draft board, depending on who has the first pick. We don't know the draft order yet. Right. That's that's true. That's very true. Uh, you know what? Let's let's set the draft order right now. Uh, Live on air. Yeah. Or should we save that? Um. Actually, you know what? We haven't. No, let's not have, do that. Yeah, we, we haven't to, disclosed we have really talk. much information. We have to communicate a little more before we do that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we should do that. No um, big deal. Yeah, no big deal. It would have been fun to do on the air, but if, if we had communicated a little earlier, but we're, we're kind of still putting it together. But anyway, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you're listening, uh, or yeah, never mind on that. If you want to follow us on social media, <laughs> follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Giant. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Dan- Daniel underscore Curran, and follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And follow uh, or. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you on Monday with uh, presumably Nico Fisella, Bono Siddhartha and Rob Dickey, where we're doing the 2010s irrelevant. You haven't heard this name in years draft. Uh, So yeah, see you then.
This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.